0: Good afternoon. My name is Barb, and I am an alcoholic, Barb. a.k.a. Mama Barb. By the grace of God, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and some fantastic sponsorship in my life, I've been sober since March the 16th, 1987, and for that I am truly grateful. I'm going to try and focus on my sponsor's face here because I'm really nervous. <laughs> um the fact that I'm standing up here tonight still sober is an absolute miracle. I came to the doors of Alcoholics Anonymous believing I was not an alcoholic and I didn't need to be here. And the woman who became my sponsor was six years sober when I came to the door and I had drank and a bar with her. And so, therefore, she was somebody I knew and it was fairly easy for me to reach out to her and ask her to be my sponsor. Because we were such good friends, I thought she would be a lot kinder to me than she was. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) unfortunately that wasn't the case Um, Frankie gave me a foundation in Alcoholics Anonymous that I will always be extremely grateful for um, and I don't know where I would be today without it Uh, she kicked my butt through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and I thought she was the meanest woman on two feet And today, I am so extremely grateful that she did for me what she did. One of my main pet peeves today is when I hear people say, I haven't been sober long enough to do a fourth and fifth step. And I have not found that in the big book yet. Um, I was only a couple months sober when I was writing a fourth step and doing a fifth step. And by the time I was three months sober, I had worked through the first nine steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, With my sponsor, and I am grateful for that uh, because I believe that without doing that for me, I would have been back out the door drinking. I don't believe I would have stayed. And uh, I know I have a great sponsor today, too. The sponsor I have today is the best woman on two feet, in my estimation. And I also firmly believe that if you don't feel that way about your sponsor, you need a different sponsor. Um, I try to sponsor women. I called my sponsor a couple of weeks ago and I said, there, there must be something wrong with me. And she kind of chuckled. She said, did you just figure that out? And I said, no, I'm serious, Carol. <laughs> I said, I have a hard time keeping women to sponsor. And she said, do you know why that is? And I said, well, my first response would be because I don't sugarcoat anything and I don't believe in sugarcoating anything. I believe there's a time to be gentle but I also believe that being firm is more important and being honest is more important than patting somebody on the back and tell them it'll be okay. But nobody did that for me when I came here and I'm glad they didn't. Uh, I try my best to pass along to everybody else what was so freely given to me. What I know is, is that I, I not only work the 12 steps for my own recovery, for my own peace of mind and my own serenity, but I don't qualify to help you work the steps if I've not worked them myself. I do a fourth and a fifth step to save my own butt and also so that I can help you save yours. I don't feel that I, I have the right to tell you what to do if I've not done it myself. and. Uh, I believe in going to a lot of meetings. There were some things I was taught New Sober that I tried to pass along to other women that you go to a lot lot of meetings, you know. I got into service in the area of emptying ashtrays and wiping tables and working a coffee bar at Russell Street real early on, um, and I still believe in that today. I don't see that as much today, but I believe in that today. I believe in getting into these steps as fast as you can get into them because that's where the answer is. That's where the relief comes from. Um, I've not timed myself, but because I am the first one, I'm gonna let everybody else have a chance to talk. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Hi, I'm Jim, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Jim. I'd like to thank Gene for asking me to speak here tonight. I feel it an honor. Anytime, any place to speak in a meeting Alcoholics Anonymous, and uh, especially when it's something I know something about. You know, I've done about everything humanly possible wrong in sobriety. The only thing that I can honestly say tonight that I have done 100% right, I believe, is pick two of the best sponsors in the world. And I absolutely, I love my sponsors, and, uh, and God, if, if you don't have a sponsor you love, you're in trouble. You're in big trouble, because I would hate at 3 o'clock in the morning to call somebody that I hate. <laughs> now, how many times have you heard somebody say, Well, I, I, uh, I'll be your sponsor, but I won't be your friend. I don't understand that, because I sponsor guys and stuff, and, and, and my sponsor, and, and we all love each other. We really do, and I feel that I can call any time, any place, that I need help, and I guess it, that's one thing I'd like to share with you. My first experience with my sponsor, I, I uh, come in a clubhouse over there in Cincinnati, and I, I walked in, and I go upstairs and to a beginner's class, and there was two of them. Uh, I'm supposed to tell how long I've been sober, ain't I? Huh. September the 1st, 79. And... Uh, I told you I'd do everything wrong. I start off wrong. But I uh, I go in a beginner's class, and there's two of the loud-mouthed, obnoxious guys i ever met in my life. And they were giving the 12 steps, and their bellies were shaking, and they were laughing, and they were cutting up and just having a, a good old time. And I was just miserable. I wanted to die. I just... Uh, Got done dealing with a chronic, progressive, incurable disease, and I was laying on a rock wall. I weighed 140 pounds. I was physically, mentally, and spiritually beat to death of a chronic, progressive, incurable disease. And, and so I walk in this room, and I'm dying. These two guys are having too much fun for me. And I asked them to sponsor me, and they said, "You're going to be fun to watch." <laughs> and, uh, and so far, they said I've been a success story. Uh, and, and we have become successful. They said, "Stay stupid forever, uh, Jim. That way you're teachable." And so far, I'm a success story. They say. And, uh, I don't know. Have you ever went bear hunting with a switch? <laughs> Try and stay sober without a sponsor. That's just about what it's like. That's just about what it's like. I, I was at a, a meeting down in Kentucky, and, uh, and, and, and I said there. An old guy over here had been sober a million years, and this other kid uh, couldn't stay sober. I was in this meeting, and, and this uh, young kid said, Every time I leave the meeting, he said, I go get drunk. He said, I got all his phone numbers, and I go get drunk. And the old man said, You know what, son? I used to be just like you. And one time I left the meeting and I was driving up the road and I was going to get drunk and I look over in the barn and uh, my sponsor's over in the barn. He said, I just pull in the driveway and I pull into the barn and I get out and, uh, and I looked at old Sam and said, Sam, uh, I think I'm going to go get drunk. And Sam said, well, son, i just fixing to hang myself. You're right on time. <laughs> so, I guess we need sponsors and we need sponsees. So, uh, you know, I never know when I want to hang myself. That, that, that's occurred a couple of times. Uh, you know... <laughs> Bob made me promise to him, and I've had the same two sponsors for over 25 years. And, uh, and you say, well, well, you need two sponsors so you can get different opinions. Well, Bob sponsored Jim for 32 years, and, and Bob's been so 33 years, and, and we're like a, a family. We're like a family, so if Bob's out of town, I use Jim, and that's kind of what it is, but Bob sponsors both of us. Uh, but uh, Bob made me promise him one time. He said, Jim, he said, before you take that drink, you promise me and God you'll give me a call. Well, you take a drink, you promise me, and God, you'll, you'll give me a call. And my brother got blew up in Japan, and 95% of his body was third-degree burns. From his ankles down was all it was in burned. He blew up in a, a big gas uh, thing, and, uh, and it was uh, 40 Marines, and they flew him into Texas, and all these Marines are burned up and everything. And I got seven brothers, and we jump in a van, we take off. They're all drunk, and we're going to Texas, and I'm sober, I, you know, a few minutes. And, and, uh, and I get down there, and they have my brother strung up like a side of beef, and they're scraping the charcoal off of him and everything. And I'm looking at my brother, and... And, uh, and I want to drink. I want to drink really bad. And something that stuck in my mind, and I called Bob, and I said, Bob, I want to drink so bad I can't stand it. And he said, Jim, can you wait a couple of hours? And I said, yeah. He said, I'll be on the next plane. He said, you never have to drink again. And you know what? That, that that was something special. That was something special to me. Somebody cared that much, and my sponsor's really sick now, and I want you to keep him in your prayers. He's really sick, and, and, and uh, may not be with us much longer, and I was over at his house uh, the night before last, and uh, me and some guys I sponsored. It's a, it's a very sad thing. It's a very sad thing to watch somebody. I never thought I could. You see, when I got sober, I didn't have no feelings and emotions. I didn't. I, I really had no feelings and emotions. And then Bob told me, he said, Jim, you've got to change because the old Jim will drink again. The old Jim will drink again. And you know, uh, I lost all my morals and principles and values and dignity in life. And Bob taught them back to me again. And just time after time at, at things, and that's, you know, I'd like to tell you how my sponsor taught me all the 12 steps and how to read the big book and all that, which he did. But, you know, the walking is what I like to talk about. It's like when I was in Texas. It's like when my dad was in that sleeping room and roaches crawling on him, and his way down in Kentucky, and me and my sponsor go down there and drag him out of that sleeping room, and the only good blood vein in his body was in his foot, and I asked my sponsor, I said, what do we do? And he said, all we do is Pray. We sat by the man's bedside. He was right there with me. And any, anything that I've ever went through, any any horrible thing that I've ever went through in my life, my sponsors have always been there for me and taught me family, family. Alcoholics Anonymous opened the door to thousands of families and alcoholics. And and, uh, and I, um, you know, I, I could sit there all night and talk about my sponsor, but I guess, you know, I, I, I'd like to share a little bit with you about how wonderful it is to sponsor people. It's wonderful. I, I never... I guess the first real thing that hit me one time about sponsoring, and I sponsor a lot of people today. I love it. I really do love it. I was sponsoring this one cat one time. He never called me. Never called me, and it went on for about four months. <clears throat> about four months, and I knew he was going to church and stuff, so I knew he was doing pretty good, but he just never called me or nothing. And one night, about 11 o'clock, he called me, and, uh, and and I was in bed, and he said, Jim, I need to talk to you. Well, I was in some deep shit of my own. You know, I had problems, probably... Wife number one, two, or three had left me. I don't know. Somebody left. Something. I had problems. And I'm sitting here. And I'm eat up. You know, I had the worst case of dumbass you ever seen in your life. I was just eat up. And, and he said, I got to talk. I said, okay. So I go running down there on Vine Street, and, and I pull up, and I get out of my car. And he said, Jim, he said, I got a really bad problem. I said, what's up, man? He said, uh, I'm messing with a married woman. And I said, is it bothering you? He said, yeah. And I said, well, quit it. <laughs> Hell, I could have told him that over the phone. He said, well, I've been going to church, and he said, it's a preacher's wife. I said, you better quit it. <laughs> he said, I told the pre-, he said she told the preacher, and the preacher got drunk and told the congregation, and I'm rolling down the street, I'm laughing so hard my ribs are hurting, and I want to cry. I'm laughing, and I thought, you know what? This is Jerry Springer show. This is real stuff. This is the real thing. God love us. I mean, you know, we're here for the shits and giggles. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where everything got so serious about this deal. You know, it's, it's really, that's what it's about. I love sponsoring people because it's comedy hour. And that's why Bob and Jim, they love sponsoring me. They just watch me and they say, what's up next, buddy? You know, what's up next? And that's what it's about. And somewhere along the line, we get a bond. We get a bond. And I don't know what it's about. And, you know, and I know, I know I was very uh, um, sensitive very sensitive when i got sober i was very sensitive that's what i was and and the first time my sponsor spanked me really bad he spanked me really bad was we was having breakfast in anna's kitchen over in norwood in Cincinnati, and you know how a drunk you shake and it's really hard to get your breakfast ready it is we was having breakfast and i was shaking and i got the sugar and i got the creamer and i got it all going on and and the butter and the jelly on the toast you know and everything and and i got this ashtray piled up with stuff it just piled up with jelly wrapper, buddy wrapper, and everything else, and he dumps it in my plate. And he said, don't put your junk in my ashtray, and I won't put my ashes in your plate. It's called respect. Now, I don't know what that's got to do with anything, you know? You know, it, it, but that's what I was taught. You know, one time, one time I was looking really good. Yeah, one time, a long time ago, I was looking really good. I was into weightlifting, and I was into magazines and stuff, and, and, uh, and, and I'm laying on the steps over at a clubhouse, Oak Street over in Cincinnati, looking good. I was looking good. And Bob walked up and said, Jim, it's a program of attraction. Will you please get in the building? <laughs> just when I think I'm on top, you know, just when I think I'm on top, he busted my bubble. I was given a lead, you know, I was like six months sober or something, and, and I was given a lead, and I had a lot of wisdom, and I wanted to share it with you. I wanted to give us, had some good stuff I wanted you to hear. I really did. But you all only had one language, and that was filth. That's the only language. That was filth. I cussed every breath out of my mouth. I cussed. And I was giving a lead, and I was really putting the good stuff on, and, and Bob stopped the meeting. And he said, Jim, my, I walked up the podium. Jim, my wife, my my daughter, one of my loved ones might be in this room. Will you watch your filthy mouth? And that's just the way I've been taught through sobriety is just, you know, uh, uh, embarrassed, humiliated. Sometimes, sometimes it's a good thing. But I want to tell you, you know, um, uh, one thing is my sponsors put me and my family back together. Put me and my mother loves me today. My children love me today. And uh, I was working with my son. Uh, my son works for me. And I talk about my dad being the big John Wayne guy. There's some people here that, that knows my dad that come from old hometown. They're here today. And, and uh, my dad used to run 1,400 head of cattle. And he's a big John Wayne guy. And I always talked about my father and my leads. I always talk about him. And, uh, and uh, my son told me the other day, and I called my dad my John Wayne. My John Wayne, my son hugged me the other day, and he's t- just turned 24 years old, and he hugged me and he said, Dad, you're my John Wayne. And boy, I tell you, he'll be here after a while. He'll melt you, melt you. You know, you don't buy that at Kmart on a blue light special. You really don't. And when I work with these guys and, and, and I watch them start changing and I watch their eyes sparkle, that's what it's about. And I think I'm running out of time. I'm a loudmouth. I like to talk, you know, and, and I. And I... <laughs> See, some of you know me, don't you? But, you know, you watch, them, you watch them do a step, all right, Gene, you watch them do a step and their eyes twinkle, then you watch them read a big book and their eyes twinkle, and then you watch them go to the meeting and their eyes twinkle, and then it all pulls together a people thing. I'm out of here, fine.
2: Hi, everybody, I'm Mike, I'm an alcoholic. My sobriety date is uh, October the 25th of 1992, and... Uh, My home groups, the Destiny Care Group. Meets at uh, 645 on Mondays in Newport. Please stop by and see us. We'd love to have you. And uh, I mentioned home group on a sponsorship panel because that's the first thing my sponsor told me. Get a home group. If you don't have one, you're homeless. And I didn't understand what all that meant at the time. Uh, I'm the kind of guy, I don't know about you folks, but I have a disease of perception. And uh, I hear things, I, I don't hear stuff right. And, and as a, as a uh, result of that, I, I don't respond right to stuff and uh, I have a sponsor to help me with that it's, it's very important for me I found my sponsor the easy way I, uh, I showed up at the same meeting for 30 days and he was there every day and uh, I liked what he had to say and he seemed like a kind and gentle person so I asked him to be my sponsor only to find out the kind and gentle person was his public persona <laughs> but he taught me that uh, I'll tell you what he really told me about sponsorship is that uh, when it comes to sponsoring other people, one size does not fit all. Uh, the solution is always the same, but the presentation can vary sometimes depending on the individual. Uh, and he told me that because I was one of those guys that, you know, you kind of had to thump me upside the head to get my attention so I could hear what it was he was saying. But there were other people he was sponsoring, sponsoring that he wasn't doing that to. So I called him on it. And I said, what, you know, what's the deal, you know? Why do I get all this rough treatment and they don't? And he said, because you need it and they don't. That's basically it, you know. Um, but I have a sponsor and he has a sponsor and he has a sponsor and I sponsor people and they sponsor people and they sponsor people. So that's how I get in the middle of Alcoholics Anonymous is through a family of sponsorship. And if, if, if I have people coming to me that don't that have questions that I don't have answers to I go to my sponsor and he can go to his sponsor and he can go to his sponsor and you know somewhere along the line we'll have we'll run into somebody that's had the experience on the subject needed to get the answer that we're looking for um, I know some things that I'm not as a sponsor I'm not a taxi cab I'm not a banker I'm not a marriage counselor my job's to help them find a solution a way out through the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and uh, I teach the steps to the people the same way they were taught to me I tell you, that's all I know. That's all I know is how my sponsor took me through the steps, and that's how I take my people through the steps. And uh, as Jim was saying, you know, you've got to love Jim because I think there's a lot of recovery in laughter, and he does that as good as anybody I know. Uh, I was about a week sober when I first met him and uh, scared me to death, actually. <laughs> well, that's okay. A lot of, uh, you know, I'm, uh, fear is another part of my alcoholism, so I get scared of a lot of things all the time anyway, so it's no big deal. Uh, but I found that my sponsor... Uh, not only taking me through the steps, he introduced me to service work. Uh, he said, look, uh, Mike, I noticed that uh, when you showed up in Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, you still had a pickup truck and a driver's license. And he says, you know, a lot of people don't have that, and I suggest you go seek them out and haul them to meetings. And if you can't find one to go to a meeting, stick your hand up at, at the meeting and ask anybody if they need a ride home, and you ride them home. And uh, and that's what I proceeded to do, because, I, you know, I... In those days, I didn't know the difference between humility and humiliation, and I thought that by asking this guy to help me, I'd humiliated myself, and I was afraid that if I didn't do what he was suggesting to do, he would tell me to go find another sponsor, and I would had to be humiliated again. So that's a character defect and a shortcoming I have that was turned to a good purpose through my sponsor, I suspect. But I spent years hauling, and I still do, actually, uh, hauling people back and forth to meetings. I wore out that truck, and and I'm I'm currently wearing out the one I got now, uh, doing the same thing. And... uh, one of the sponsorship tips I learned from a lady at the, uh, at the East 4th Street meeting one night was, you know, when you're hauling newcomers around, let me tell you what the most important thing is. A loud stereo in your car. Because they will talk and they will yammer and they will drive you nuts. Well, I was, you know, like maybe a year sober at the time, and I was talking and yammering and driving people nuts, and I didn't know what she was talking about. you know. <laughs> but now I do. You know, I've been around long enough. Things have settled down a little bit in my brain. It's not as noisy inside here as it used to be. And, and I appreciate the fact that I can, you know... Uh, actually I, I really get them aggravated. I got, I got uh, speaker tapes that I put in my car and I you know we're not listening to the rock and roll station. We're not listening to the rap station. We're going to listen to the speaker, you know, whoever it is. I just reach in the box and put one in. Don't even care who it is. Uh, I find uh, I get my recovery from a lot of places. Uh, I know that um, one size doesn't fit all and, I, and I'll tell you why I say that because I, I, I've seen this in Alcoholics Anonymous uh, where there are uh, some people that uh, sponsor that way, that one-size-fits-all, and I see them drive people out of Alcoholics Anonymous with that kind of technique. And I don't, I don't want to be part of that. I heard a speaker down in North Carolina a couple of years ago talked about how she had learned not to do that by killing one of the people she sponsored because she had given her a resentment and the girl had gotten drunk and had gone out and got in a car wreck, and not only she'd killed herself, she'd killed a family in a minivan. And the sponsor felt like she'd had a piece of that uh, because she didn't get her drunk but she certainly gave her the resentment that led to her getting drunk, and she did it deliberately. And I started thinking about that, and I thought, you know, she might be on to something there. Uh, I find that the solution is always the same, but the method I use to present the solution can vary from the individual. And it's all about whether I'm going to do the work that I'm required to do or not, and that requires me to get to know the person that has asked me to sponsor them to get to know them, to spend some time with them, to find out about their personality and, and how they communicate and what they need to, uh, how, they, how they listen. And I find that everybody don't hear it from me. I get people that, uh, I, you know, I, I do institution meetings and I meet a lot of newcomers and a lot of them ask me to sponsor them, and, and most of them it doesn't work out. Uh, and I learned that from a sponsor uh, that I heard speak at the Red Stick Roundup in uh, Baton Rouge a few years ago. And uh, the guy... You know, you got to love people, uh, old-timers, long-timers, and Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, This guy had gotten sober the year I was born. And at that time, he was 54 years sober. He was 94 years old, and he was still speaking at conferences. And he was speaking on sponsorship. And he explained that, he said, here's the deal. He said, this is why it's important that we stay active in Alcoholics Anonymous and we stay on the front lines. And it's because there are people out there with your name on them. And he says, what I mean by that is... You're the one that's going to carry the message to them. You're the person they're going to be able to hear it from. There might be 10,000 other people that have told them and they can't hear it. And you're going to be the one that they hear it from. And if you're not there, what happens to them? And I've always kept that in the back of my mind that he's absolutely correct. Because it was my experience that with all the people I've worked with over the years, most of them can't hear it from me. They can't hear it from me. And, but a few do. And a few that do, we have a successful sponsor-sponsee relationship. And we do get close. We do build friendships. We do build families that way. I have an extended family, and none of them are blood relatives, and, uh, which is a good thing if you knew my family's history. all um, oh, I see some of them are here. <laughs> but I find that, um, I forgot where I was going. I was about to get derailed there on my thought train. But I learned that if I spend the time with these people to get to know them, then it, it kind of... These days, it's the intuitive thought, it, and it wasn't always. This is a learning been a learning process for me. But these days, it's kind of an intuitive thought about how to present things to these people uh, so that they can have a better opportunity of hearing it and have a better opportunity of acting on it. And uh, I find that that works, uh, that works much better, I think. Uh, and frankly, I find I'm not one of those sponsors that I think if somebody asks me, I should hang on to them with, and leave call marks on I think that if, uh, that if it becomes apparent that uh, they can't hear it from me, then I have an obligation to suggest to them that they go look for somebody else perhaps that they can hear the message from. Uh, because I can kill them by trying to hang on to them just as much as I can k- kill them in other ways. And I don't think that's good. I don't think that's my responsibility in Alcoholics Anonymous is to be killing people. I think my, my, my responsibility is to suit up and show up and try to carry the message to the mes- best of my ability. Thank you.
3: hi everybody my name is Patty I'm an alcoholic by the grace of God uh, the program the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and a great sponsor I've been sober since September 13th 1982 and for that I'm truly grateful Uh, I don't know uh, people stay stand up at the clubhouse or stand around and say I'm I'm interviewing sponsors and it's like I don't understand that concept uh, when I first started coming around to, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, the two sisters—that twelve-step me and twelve-step me, and twelve-step me, and twelve-step me again—they uh, uh, we went to a banquet of some sort. I don't even remember what it was. I was drinking that night, and uh, we all got up to go to the bathroom. And uh, we were walking in the bathroom, and one said to me, uh, "You got a sponsor yet?" and I said no and they grabbed me by the arms and dragged me in the bathroom and said we're in that's how I got my sponsor I didn't get to interview them I didn't get to talk say which one is better do I want this one or do I want that one and it's like they were reading that book Alcoholics Anonymous and they needed my help <laughs> they, were re- they were on working with others and they knew that uh, that they weren't going to stay sober if, someone, if they weren't dragging someone with them and I was one of the people they dragged with them um, they were about a year ahead of me, I think, at that time, or maybe nine months. And by the time I got sober, they are about uh, 18 months ahead of me. Uh, my sponsor, I tell her everything. And, uh, and she and, and I rely on her to tell me what's, uh, what's going on, because I don't have a clue. The first day I conceded that I wanted a sponsor and I was willing, willing to do anything, I, I went to them, I went to her, and I said, what do I have to do? What do I was probably two or three days sober at the time probably 3 and uh, i said what do i have to do and and, and to be happy like you because it's a program of attraction. If this wasn't any fun, I'd be gone. I'd be out of here. It's, it's, if it's no fun, I don't want to do it, not for more than 10 minutes anyhow. And she's laughing, and they're having fun, and they're talking to everybody at the meetings. And, and uh, she came to me. Uh, when I said that to her, she leaned over, and she handed me the book, Alcoholics Anonymous. And she said, read this book and do what it says. And I took a step backwards, and I thought, that Ooh, that doesn't sound right to me. And she stepped forward, and she said to me, read this book, and do what it says. And I could see her eyes. They were just inches away from me. And she said, read this book, and do what we do. And that sounded a whole lot easier than trying to figure it out myself. I did what they did. They were shaking hands, they had a home group, they were meeting people, they were giving rides. That first day she told me everything I needed to know in Alcoholics Anonymous is to hook up with people who are having fun and to read that book and do it. Now the second day, or maybe it was a couple days later, I can't remember, days ran together, I learned my second most important thing that I was really going to need, and that was, um, I started to say, well, uh, I, she told me, what I, I was on page seven in the book, and I said, how do I do this? And she says, oh, you go to detox, and you pick up that person, you bring them to a meeting, and then you take this one after a meeting home, you know I couldn't talk to them I couldn't speak but uh, I did still have a car barely and I was driving uh, she told me what to do to pick people up and then I said well um, I I don't think I can do that I I don't feel like it and (laughs) those who know my sponsor know we don't care if you don't feel like it and I said well I I don't believe that's gonna keep and she's we don't care that You don't believe it. And I said, I, I don't want to do it. And she said, we don't care if you don't want it. We just do it anyways. So doing it anyways, reading that book and doing what she does and uh, picking up drunks. I mean, I learned that all in the first two days. And it's taken me the next 22 plus years to learn how to do it. And I keep following her doing what she does. And she did inventory. So when I got to that page, I had my piece of paper and I was doing inventory. Now, it doesn't mean I did it right. I can remember the first girl I sponsored. She's like five months behind me. And we were going to meetings every day, we're going here, we're going there, I'm dragging her. I am i didn't know what to do with her, but I sat her between the sisters, because I figured if you sat between the sisters, you'll get sober, because that's how I got sober. And, uh, you know, I didn't know. And and then one night she calls and she says she didn't want to go to a meeting. And she hung up, and I thought, well, I couldn't say that to my sponsor, because you, you do it anyways, you just went and did, what, did it anyways and uh, and I thought well she can't not go to a meeting and my son had a fire engine hat that had this big light on the top of it and you turn on the siren so I strapped that hat on and I <laughs> and I got in my car and it looked like um it looked like it looked like an ambulance, an old ambulance. And I got in my car and I pulled up on her front lawn and I had my lights on her bay window in front and I opened all the doors and I turned my siren on and I went to her door. She ain't not going to a meeting with me being her sponsor. She's going. <laughs> I don't know if that's right or not, but she got in the car. <laughs> she told the neighbors to go back in the house. It wasn't an emergency. I don't I don't know what's right. I just do what's at the top of my my sponsor says we go to a meeting every day and and I figure the new girls go to a meeting with me every day or I go to a meeting with them every day. And it seems to have worked out that way. We still go to I still go to meetings every day. Uh what's happened to me is I I remember in the beginning I thought you guys didn't get to my sponsor in time because I'd say things like I lost my job, and she'd say, "Good, good, isn't that great? You can spend more time in Alcoholics Anonymous. You got more time to be with drunks." And and I'd say, oh, "My husband left. We're getting divorced." And she, "Oh, that's great. That's super. You move that new girl in. She can move in. He's moving out. Move her in." And, and she did. And she's sober today. Uh, Or or she'd say, that, and anything I'd say to her, she'd say, good, isn't that great news? And I didn't understand the concept, because I thought you guys just didn't get to her in time, that she's too sick, and she doesn't get the gist of all of this, and what I found out is that she was teaching me a wonderful principle, that uh, God's bigger than any of my problems, and the same solution for, uh, I cut my finger or my new girls not going to a meeting is the same solution to getting fired uh, not having a car having to sell the house getting a it's always the same solution that we go to meetings we read the book we we trust God we pray a lot <laughs> we pray a whole lot and uh, we work with others uh, nothing that's ever happened of any and my dad's died and my son's moved in and out and my kids have been here and there and Trouble and um, uh, the most powerful thing that uh, I can remember for me was when um, my uh, daughter was working out of the country, and uh, she was in an area where there was a lot of rebels, and um, it was a, and she 's blonde and uh, long, long, blonde hair, which was very unusual to have blonde girls there blonde women anywhere around there and everybody was very fascinated with her and um, so everywhere she went she caused a lot of attention just by being who who God made her and um, and I was almost, well I I was ten years sober, I was just a little over ten years sober at the time and um, and the girl, they had gone on an outing and they were going to be gone this hiking up some mountain that was really important to do at the time and um, the people she went with, she got disconnected from the group of people. And, um, and uh, the girl, one of the girls called me and told me that Kelly was lost. And, and called me in the middle of the night and said, Kelly's lost. And if you have kids, you know what that feels like, you know? Um, and the first thought in my mind was, Kelly's not lost. God knows where she's at. So I called my sponsor, and, I, and I'm, I'm falling apart, yeah, yeah, God knows where she's at, but wait a minute. And my sponsor came to where, like Jim said, my sponsor came to, a, to my house and sat with me and we prayed, and we prayed, and she gave me some distinct things that I needed to do. And the people who prayed with me were the people I sponsored, my the people who who had become my friends over the years. because. I worked with them, they worked with me, and uh, for the next three days, I was not allowed to talk about it, I was only allowed to pray, and the people, my close friends who were with me knew what was going on, and three days later, I'm a very solid sleeper, you know, when I hit that pillow, I am gone, nothing wakes me, and uh, it was the third going into the fourth day, um, I woke up, and saw a red light, you know, like my clock, red light, and I was wide awake, and the phone rang after I was wide awake. And what happened to me it was my daughter. It was Kelly, and she said, Mom, I'm not lost. And it's like, yeah, I know, Kelly, God knows where you're at. But I could not have made it through those three days had I not worked with 100 people and sponsored a bunch of people and sat on my sponsor's lap for years, because just, just thinking of it now, it makes me real queasy, um, and and she was found, and she was safe, and she'd be home shortly thereafter. But the point I'm making is, um, my sponsor is everything. Um, she's taught me right from wrong. She's taught me how to comb my hair and brush my teeth. She taught me how to, what do you do at four o'clock? I'd call her every day, probably the first year at four o'clock, and, and it's like, it's four o'clock, what do I do? She taught me how to, Cook all over again. Get something out of the freezer. She taught me. She taught me how to be appropriate. How to have appropriate feelings, and she taught me most important how to listen. She she read the book with me and she did it. But she taught me how to listen to the girls behind me. Now I didn't always think she was right when she'd tell me to do stuff. As a matter of fact, I definitely thought she was wrong. But I can remember one girl who was. I can't remember how not. I don't know, maybe 18 months sober at the time. I don't even remember. And she called me because she had had a child-children problem. And I read her out of the book, just like my sponsor would read to me. Sounds like this page kind of problem, that you need to go to that page in the book and tell me what it says and let's see how we can apply that to our life. Because she always was like so excited. Oh, we got a problem. We can read the book. We can find an answer. And it's like, what? And I remember I had done this with someone um, who was just getting sober with her daughter and she called me back that night and she said, you know, I didn't believe it was going to work for you. She says, I didn't believe it was going to work for me, what you told me to do. And it was pray, work with others, you know, trust God, something very simple like it always is and and not to do something or to do I don't even remember what it was and she said and it worked for me and what that does for me it reinforces that God's with my sponsor who comes from a long line of sponsors and he's also with me and that it, it works with all of us if we read that book and we do what it says And so, in the beginning, all I could just do was do what she did, (laughs) you know? I could follow, I can be, I mean, I'm a great liar. I can pretend anything. And after a while, I started to believe it. And then after a while, I started to feel it. And then I got to pass it on to the people I love most. Uh, The people I get to be with that I find love and compassion from and with. I am really grateful for my sponsor. The first thing I did to her when I got her was lie to her. (laughs) and hit on her husband and um, and then I got to make amends I've I've learned everything backwards I've I've done mean things and then I I, and lied to her and called her names and talked about her and she still loves me (laughs) who can believe it Um, I'm grateful she read the book and I'm grateful she taught me how to read the book thanks
4: Hi everybody, my name is Moser and I am an alcoholic, and only through the grace of God and the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and great sponsorship, I've been sober since April the 19th, 1984, and for that I'm truly grateful. You know, um, when Jean asked me to share on with on the panel today, I'm thinking... I know nothing about sponsorship I know World Services offers a pamphlet on sponsorship and I probably read it three times but I couldn't tell you a thing that's in it Um, but God has blessed me with a lot of women in my life you know since I've been sober and um, and it's like Patty said you know um, the times when I think everything's going great in my life God puts a new girl when everything's going lousy in my life God puts a new girl (laughs) And uh, there's no set time for God to put these people in my life. But one of the things I know is I'm truly grateful for them because that's the only way I learn about myself. Um, I've heard it said that, you know, uh, there's a certain way to sponsor or there's not a certain way. There's certain things you should do and certain things you shouldn't do. And, and you know, uh, I don't know if there is or there isn't. I truly believe that God works in my life and he has the end results If I'm being arrogant and telling you, you better get your ass to a meeting or you better do a 4 step or you better do this, you know, my arrogance has sometimes got people to those meetings. I don't think I've got the power to make anybody do anything, but I know my character defects, as long as they're being useful and helpful to you, God's got the end results, you know, it tells me in the book. Um... Uh, as most of you know, Patty's my sponsor, so I'm surrounded with a lot of wonderful women. She sponsors a lot of girls. I work with a lot of women, um, but the one thing she always asks me when something's going wrong in my life is, how many new girls are you working with? And I hate to hear that. You know, a lot of the women I work with have got some long-term sobriety, and, and uh, there's just two or three new, really new girls that I'm working with today, but I tell you what, they're the ones that keep me on my toes. It's not the girls who've been sober 16, 17 years. Not that they don't um, make me reflect on myself. Um, but Patty gave me a list of 10 things to do when I first got sober. And she didn't tell me they'd guarantee I'd stay sober if I did them. she just told me I'd get happy in sobriety. And that's really all I wanted to be, is comfortable living in my skin. So I was willing to do these things that she outlined. And um, I never asked her where she got them from. I never asked her why I should do them um, because she just was like her sponsor, just do it, you know, don't ask questions. Um, I found out through this sponsorship with Patty, if I really want to do something, don't call up and ask her for her approval because she'll tell me no every time. Um, she tell, if I'm asking for her approval, I shouldn't be doing it. Um, she said, you never once called me up, Mo, if you've been going to jump in the sack with some man and said, do you think I should go to bed with him? <laughs> she said, you've always learned your lessons and I can't take that experience away from you Um, I had to land mine and that's how my sponsorship's been you know I try to um, share with them my experience in Alcoholics Anonymous Um, I know a lot of people have said I'm real controlling which not me Um, you either do it or you don't do it you know it depends on what day of the week it is you know some days that I'm real loving and tolerant and some days I'm real obnoxious and demanding and uh, nothing much has changed in that, you know, at 21 years sober um, nothing that, has ch- that much has changed, I still you know, some days, did you go to a meeting today? Uh, no, why not? well, my kids, you know, and I always say I always plan my meeting and then let God take care of the rest of my business and it's always worked out for me um, I'm like Patty, I believe if it works, don't change it. Um, I still do those 10 things on the list. I truly believe the power of my recovery has been in the paper and the pencil. It hasn't been thinking about what I should do or what I should change. It's about writing about it, sharing it with my sponsor, sharing it with a new girl uh, and getting into action. Um, I truly believe that this is a recovery program and I, I believe the recovery comes from the action I take. It's not. You know, like they say, we can't think our way into good living. We have to act our way into good living. And uh, it didn't come easy for me. But it's through my arrogance that God still has not removed, through my controlling attitude that he still hasn't removed. And and Patty always says, well, they look at me and say, I don't want to be like Mo, so I better change, you know. (laughs) And that's why my character defects are being useful and helpful to other people. Uh, My friends love me enough to tell me the truth when they see me, you know, swaying a little here or a little there in the wrong direction, they love me enough to say Mo, have you been addressing this or, you know, do you think you're working too much or do you think this is going on in your life, you know, they bring it to my attention and I'm truly grateful for that uh, it hasn't been through anything I've done great in Alcoholics Anonymous that I'm still sober today it's only by showing up, working the steps doing that third and step, seven step prayer every morning and Thanking God at night for keeping me sober, going to my home group, you know, doing a gratitude list, sticking out my hand and meeting new people, and, and trying to be a better person in Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I had a filthy mouth when I first came in, and um, my sponsor told me spirituality and profanity do not go hand in hand. So God forgive you, think I wasn't spiritual. I quit cussing, you know. Nothing has ever come to me easy. You know, people have said to me. You know, you're arrogant. You're obnoxious, uh, and these things I won't change until they bother me. They can annoy you all, all the time, but until it starts bothering me, I don't start looking at it. And you know how I start looking at it is when you start moving away from me. It's not by you telling me. It's when you move away from me, and I say, "What's wrong with this picture?" You know, what's really going on here? Um, I'm just real grateful to be sober. Um, as I said, when I first started talking, I don't know anything about sponsorship. Well, services offers a pamphlet. And, uh, but I do know if you don't drink and you work the steps and, and you do a gratitude list and you call your sponsor and go to a meeting every day, something will change